Welcome to the School Yoga Coach Podcast. My name is Molly, and I am a middle school teacher, a trauma-informed yoga teacher, and I'm the founder of the Instructional Yoga Coach Training Program, because we believe that every school needs a yoga teacher. Hey, welcome back, you guys. Um, Today, I thought we would talk a little bit about what I mean when I say that every school needs a yoga coach, a yoga teacher. I call it a school yoga coach, so that's why our podcast is named this. Um, but yeah, I really, I really believe that every school needs to have a yoga teacher in the school. And um, when I said I, I have a little different perspective than what many of you might imagine, um, I thought this would be a good time to tell you what that perspective is. So um, first, let me speak to my classroom teacher friends. I know that your heart is just huge and full of care and concern for your students, both as a class and as individuals. I also know that for most of us, our training is in how to be a teacher, right? Whether it's learning our content area, especially if we're um, an upper grade teacher, so maybe really learning our science, math, literature, or if we're in elementary school, like we got to learn it all, teach it all, and manage a classroom. So my uh, perspective is for... um, our classroom teachers who are good classroom teachers, you're all good classroom teachers. We're all unique, but I know that we all um, get a little frustrated sometimes with our inability to reach every single student the way they need while also kind of continuing on with the curriculum. I think I think I speak for all the teachers I've talked to, so hopefully that resonates with you as well. And when I think about being in a classroom as a classroom teacher, which is something, of course, I've been doing for over 20 years, um, that's what I'm thinking about, right? Is I, as a seventh grade teacher, I'm thinking, all right, what do kids need to learn? Um, Are they keeping up with their reading? Are they keeping up with their writing? How is their grammar? How is their, you know, what do I need to teach next? What do I need to reteach? What do I need to have kids come in and work with me on? Um, Who who do I need to contact um, at home to get more support there? Or maybe even bring that child's needs to our whole, you know, grade level team, right? If, If they're not showing that they're learning. So, and this is what I kind of see, whether it's me or my fellow teachers, that kind of seems to be the process. Like I teach stuff, I have a variety of ways of teaching and reteaching, and when nothing seems to work, right, we bring it to the team. Then I have my perspective as a yoga teacher. And if I, if you've ever been to a yoga class or if I am speaking to my yoga teacher friends, Um, it is a completely different feeling. You know, you go into a yoga class and it's calm and everybody is in their own space and 
you're kind of doing your own thing. You're following the direction of the yoga teacher to the best of your ability. And yoga teachers are able to instruct the whole class, walk around and maybe give minor modifications um, during the class and helping individual students. But basically yoga teachers aren't freaking out about whether or not a student is um, correctly performing, you know, handstand yet. (laughs) Most of the time, we're not even teaching that yet. That's like, yeah, maybe we'll get to that. Some Some students might be ready for that. But overall, as a yoga teacher, we trust that if a student continues, they will develop in the way that's best for them in this yoga practice. And so when I started teaching yoga and I contrasted that with my classroom teaching, it became very obvious to me how these are two different styles of teaching based on uh, two different sets of expectations, but also two different ways of looking at learning. So I'm going to talk about how classroom teachers and schools and the education system in general approaches student learning. For the most part, when I see student um, issues brought up or, or struggling students brought up, for the most part, The concern is about um, what they are paying attention to, what they are learning, what they are thinking about. So I'm going to call that very brain-based. And in fact, there are many, many strategies, books, experts who help teachers understand ways to um, activate the brain, right? To get to get the kids or to help kids think, think, think critically, think, think creatively, um, activate rigorous thinking, um, reflective thinking. So it's very everything is kind of centered on the the brain, the head, the head. Like you could almost just like put a line. <laughs> under the chin and be like, yep, everything I'm going to talk about is what's happening here. That doesn't mean we don't pay attention to or notice that kids might be, um, you know, jittery or, or fidgeting or needing to move. But it always comes back to what are they, you know, does that help them learn? Does it help their, their brain to think better? And I'm not saying that's good or bad, just like that's kind of the focus, right? What I notice in yoga is that when I am teaching students and helping students to learn yoga, we are focused on their body. And and that's not the, the end point, but it is the starting point, right? We start with sensations in their body. So it might be, you know, how their feet are connected to the earth, grounding with the earth, or it could be 
um, putting your hands together or hands on belly or over the heart. So there's cueing is about the body. And in fact, I would say for most people in our Western culture, yoga itself is perceived as a strictly um, body-based activity, meaning it's more athletic. It's about your body and what your body does. Okay. So if we took those, we take, okay, school is all about the brain and the thinking and getting that brain to think and learn. And yoga is all about the body and helping it to move in a certain way or act a certain way or even relax a certain way. I can see why many people might question, why would you want or need to bring yoga into a classroom? Like, what do they have to do with each other? And most teachers that I talk to who are open to this idea kind of view it as recess in a way or a physical activity to take a break from the thinking and then come back to the thinking part. And some people might even say, oh, and then if they do that, then maybe, you know, if we have a little yoga, then maybe then they'll think better. Now, um, <laughs> I'm not saying that that's not true and I'm not saying that that is true. I think it, what it is, is it depends, right? What we're looking at or what I look at as a training, um, a trainer of these school yoga coaches is we are not looking to do these two activities separately, the thinking separately and then the yoga separately and then hope, you know, that one passes on uh, something to the other. We are looking to integrate. So what do we mean by integrate? Integrate means that moment by moment we can kind of stack or in, uh, entwine both the body-based experience of, say, physical postures of yoga with the thinking part, the, the getting the most optimal brain activity. And there's something in between there, though, that, that creates that integration. And that's the energy system. So... Let me say that again. Classroom teaching tends to be brain-based. Yoga tends to be more body-based. And when we connect those two together through the energy system, we can integrate them together and have both a healthy body and healthy nervous system as well as um, an optimal thinking and learning brain. So what does that look like or what does that mean? I'm sure you are familiar with students who seem like their energy is really um, high, 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 high energy. And what I see in schools is often the uh, remedy for that is, if you want to call it remedy, um, is or strategy okay, oh, that student needs a movement break. And so that term is kind of used, movement break. And I, and then maybe they can go walking, maybe they can go jump around. So the idea is 
get the energy out. I don't think that's what we talk about in yoga. It's not getting energy out. What we talk about in yoga and what yoga teaches us to do is balance our energy. So rather than getting energy out or getting energy to go down, we want to balance it. Meaning we need this um, a, a, a certain level of alertness, right? That's a high energy in a way, alert, along with um, plenty of calm energy. So what we're talking about there is a balance of sympathetic nervous system. That's with our alert that keeps us aware and ready to go and calm in our parasympathetic nervous system that allows our heart rate to be relaxed, our breathing to be relaxed, our fight-flight system turned way down. So when we can balance alertness with calm tranquility, we and our students are in the optimal learning environment meaning we can dive in and really spend a good amount of time doing the thing that's going to help us learn. So um, as an English teacher, what are some of the things that I would like kids to be able to dive in and spend time learning with both alertness and calmness? Well, the number one thing I think of is reading. No, you can't really read and understand what you're reading if you're running around or if your eyes are darting around the room. But you also can't read if you're drifting off to sleep or daydreaming, you know, if you're just getting too relaxed. So I definitely need this balance. So when we incorporate the knowledge of yoga into a classroom, we are able to help teachers create not just an environment, but a way of teaching, a way of introducing teaching, a way of uh, using language and using our bodies, movement of children, in order to maintain or attain this balanced energy system. Okay. So I'm going to give you the four basic how-tos, and then um, you know we can talk more about those in in depth. But in case you're like, okay, how could I possibly do this in my own classroom? I just want you to even think about it. You don't have to do anything. I just think about if I were going to start a lesson with my class. Here's the first thing we want to do. We need to activate awareness. So very often what we do is we just say, okay, kids, here's what we're going to do. And the closest we come to awareness is pay attention. Or in my case, I might say, eyes up here, eyes up here, look at me, look at me. So that's definitely asking for their attention, but it's not activating awareness. Awareness is a, an internal spotlight first. So when we activate awareness, we ask students to notice something that is easy to overlook 
and we start with a sensation in their body. So we might cue them or ask them to see how they are feeling about this task we're going to do. Um, how do their hands feel? How are their shoulders feeling right now? And it really doesn't matter, especially when we're getting started. It doesn't matter what part of them, their body you're asking them to be aware of. It's the act of looking within, of saying, of bringing that attention, that little internal spotlight to something on themselves. You might do a little activity with them. Could be as simple as rubbing their hands together until they feel warm. And then just saying, okay, how do they feel? And see if you can pay attention to it until you feel that change. So that's activating awareness. All right? Once they're aware and they've felt a sensation in their body, then we can transfer that sensation to energy, okay? And of course, the, the tool we have to regulate energy is the breath. Um, and so we want to make sure that we, if we're going to guide our students in breathing, that we kind of just synchronize with them. And so we're going to have to model. We can't tell our students take a deep breath or calm down. We can't really do that while either, you know, like talking rapidly or, or using a harsh tone of voice. So here's how we can actually um, adjust their own energetic and br breathing, um, you know, response is by lowering our own way of speaking to them, not being patronizing, not in a sleepy way. So if you'll notice right now, my voice is kind of going up and down a little bit. So it does have a little bit of melody to it, but I am consciously softening the voice to bring it, to bring that high energy down, but the um, melody of the voice, if you want to call it that, creates the alertness. So um, I'm just going to contrast that with something like this that I could easily be doing in my classroom, something like this. Okay, guys, come on. I need you to pay attention. So see how that is, real, first of all, more monotone, and it's higher level, and it's staccato. So that might I choose to use that tone of voice if my class is basically falling asleep? Yeah. Sure. But the best way to have balance is the that up and down intonation while softening the voice itself. Kind of quiet, maybe quieting it a little bit, but certainly not whispering. And um, one thing that I know that is really difficult to do that when you're feeling tense and what ends up coming out is something like this. Okay. I would like you to pay attention. So that sounds really kind of creepy, actually, and it doesn't help you at all. So who has to do the breathing? Yeah, we do. We, the teachers. We do the breathing. And as you do the breathing, with within a few inches or a foot or whatever of a student, 
right? They will synchronize with you. And then you can move maybe closer to another student. Now, is this going to work for everybody all the time? Nope. I wish. I would love for it to. But will it work better for a lot of kids? Yes. Okay. So we've activated their awareness. We've said pay attention to something. We've created a sensation in the body. Then we start giving directions and maybe even throughout all this with a balanced um, emphasis on our voice and creating calm response with alertness. Once we see that physical calm and alert, how do you see alert? Eyes open, chin lifted, right? And shoulders up. So we can even cue that in our students, which I think we usually say something like this, sit up, right? Take your head up off the, um, off the desk. And so the more we can be consistent with that, that um, action tells the body to be alert while our voice tells the um, nervous system to be relaxed. And at that point, you guys... Our students are most optimally primed to learn, to listen to something new, and especially to work on something that might require um, a bit of endurance, as I call it, like reading requires some endurance. So for some of our kids, maybe we'll get three minutes of work out of them instead of 20 seconds. For other kids, or over, if we repeat this often enough, we may be able to extend that workflow time up to, you know, 20, 30 minutes, which is, is really going to be important for these kids and for us to be really strong, positive, curious, open learners. So this is what I mean when I talk about bringing a yoga teacher into your school. I mean that they can help you see what's happening in your classroom from just a different perspective. It is our job as a classroom teacher to put a priority on kids learning their academics. That's why we were hired. And while we have more and more put on our plate to support their social, emotional um, learning abilities. We don't necessarily have the same depth of training that we do in our content area. So I am going to say again, there are already people in this world, lots of them, who have that training in terms of that um, the, how to work with the body and the emotions and the energy. All we have to do is bring them into a classroom, uh, make sure they are trained in how to work in a classroom, and then they can work side by side. They can work um, as a consultant. You can just use them as somebody to troubleshoot, like I've got this one issue. There are so many ways that a yoga teacher can be used in a school beyond an after-school yoga class, which I still think is awesome. 
but um, that is just the tip of the iceberg. So how do you find these people? Please contact me. Please reach out to me. Uh, go to my website, www.schoolyogacoach.com, and we will uh, match you, or if you are a yoga teacher and you'd like to be working in school, I can help train you. And then we want to bring these groups together. We want to bring these yoga teachers who want to work in a classroom together with these teachers in schools who want to have a stronger impact, a greater impact on the social, emotional health and well-being of our students. I believe we can do both. We can teach high critical thinking, creative thinking with high standards while also developing calm, kind, resilient kids. All right. So thanks for listening and I will talk to you again. Hey, thanks for joining me um, on the School Yoga Coach podcast. If you'd like to learn more or um, check out some of the resources that I am sharing with both teachers and yoga teachers, please visit www.schoolyogacoach.com. Stay well, everybody.